Welcome to the Perennial Wellness Podcast, the podcast that will lead you to better health, wellness, and nutrition knowledge. This show is hosted by myself, Kristen Crowley, and my co-host, Brittany Wharton. We are registered dietitians, fitness enthusiasts, and outdoor lovers with over 10 years of nutrition studies. We want to bring to you the different conversations about nutrition to help you become the best you. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We are starting part two of our endocrine disruptors. We're going to do a little review and then go over some issues and some solutions for you because I'm sure everyone has done their research on everything we talked about last week. But first, we're going to do a little update on our lives and tell you all about our New Year's goals and how we've been doing. So, Britt, tell us, how's your New Year been going? New Year's been going good. I hope you guys enjoyed the goal-setting podcast that we came out with at the beginning of January, but we realized we didn't share our goals with y'all. So, we wanted to share a few of ours, and you know, I've been hearing this a lot lately, like some people don't feel as if January is a good time to be setting goals. Maybe they feel too much pressure to set goals during that time. And guys, that is absolutely fine. You can set goals, you can add, you can take away whenever you want. So really, this is just to give you a little update, maybe inspire you if you want to write some goals down. Um, We're going to give you a few goals that we have for this year, um, kind of personal goals. So I'll get started. One of my goals this year is to take myself on a day date each month. So that could be kind of like a solo outing. Um, I am trying to get better about being by myself. I love being with my husband and our little doggo. Um, But I also have really noticed and felt the value of being alone And so I just want to cherish that because who knows how much longer we will be doing that and I'll be having that time by myself. Um, Another goal that we have since, well, this one's kind of like a personal and combined marriage goal. We just bought a house and we would like for it to be furnished with the goal of getting it furnished in six months. So we're kind of tackling one room a month. So that's exciting with that. Um, and then always love a good book goal. And my goal is to read four books per month, one being an audible book, one being a physical book, being a Kindle book, and then a book club book. And with that, I really want to try to keep branching out with genres. I'm definitely a girly girl romance, love a good easy read, but I want to continue to branch out with my genres. So anyways, Key, what do you have on board for this year? Nice. I love all those goals. I'm definitely going to steal your first goal about going on a day date by myself. But a few of my goals. um, Recently, I started a new job. And so I am transitioning more to doing private practice and doing a little, you know, part time here and there. So I'm really excited about that. And I mean, I guess my big goal for that is just to develop my practice more and really 
dive into everything nutrition um, and how I can best help my patients. So I'm super excited about that. And if anybody wants to know what I do, you guys come and see me, you know where to find me. Um, another one of my goals, um, all of my goals kind of have to do with my Christmas gifts. <laughs> and so I got um, a little wellness journal for Christmas. And it's one of those, you know, like five minute standard wellness journals and you write gratitude and uh, things like that. And then you write in the evening, Um, so morning and night. So I've been trying to do that more, start journaling and writing things out. And then I also got a um, cookbook. Um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but I love it. And I've been cooking so many recipes out, out of it. And so I'm just trying to cook more at home and, you know, do my own recipes, even maybe um, kind of like my own little twist. And so hopefully I'll be sharing some of those on Instagram with everyone. So just be on the lookout for that. But that's what I'm working on. Well, I'm excited for you, especially with the recipes and cooking. I feel like that's so fun. I, I mean, I enjoy cooking, but it's also nice to follow directions sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and then throw your own twist on it. So guys, last time we um, introduced the topic of endocrine disruptors. We went over our hormone systems. We talked about what these hormones do, what they help regulate in our body. We talked about a few ways to support our hormones. We actually identified what endocrine disruptors are with um, all of all of the different ones that you may or may not remember because some of them had crazy funky names. But what we're going to dive into this time is talking about the issues with some of the, these endocrine disruptors what you can do, and then how you can help balance your hormones. So, Key, to get started, what do we need to be aware of with these issues, and, and which ones in particular do we need to keep our focus on? Mm -hmm. So, the first one I feel like that we can talk about is the phylates, and those, remember, those came in any kind of plastic, um plastic made anything pretty much anything that has any kind of plastic wrap on it and it also comes in a lot of our cosmetic products so um like we said plastic food containers kids toys anything like that any personal care products especially with anything with um fragrance in it and what these do um these endocrine disruptors they are actually linked to reproductive malformations in baby boys. They reduce fertility. Um, they can cause development disorders, asthma, and increased allergic reactions. Um, and it also, I mean, we're just reading some research to you guys, and it's also a prime example of chemicals of emerging to, con to a concern of brain development. So a lot of negative things going on there with the phylates. Um, but what we can do is, and we'll talk about some ways that you can, you know, help your body to support it through, um, through like getting rid of these toxins. But one way that we like to, to both, I know, use the app called um, 
Think Dirty. And there's another one that is called Healthy Living. And so on both of these, like the EG, EWG Healthy Living, you can search for personal care products. You can search for a whole lot of things. And it will give you a ingredient list. It'll give you like a rating. You can search for food, sunscreen, household cleaners, a whole lot of things. And so maybe, you know, like we mentioned last time, just starting small, say you run out of your moisturizer and you might want to go look up your moisturizer on one of these apps and say it's got a pretty high rating for, have you know, being pretty toxic. Maybe you find one that is, a little bit less toxic and you would switch to that one if you could. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I know I've kind of done that and we've talked about that a little bit on previous episodes. Um, my goal was to switch my makeup products and that's what these phylates are kind of found in the most. So I believe I switched my mascara and then I also switched what I use as like a lip tint um to be honest I haven't really found anything else like for foundation cover-up concealer any of that stuff so I'll let you guys know um but those apps are super easy user-friendly to be able to find some of them um you are going to pay more of that premium to have less of those ingredients in there because manufacturing some of those other products is way less expensive. So the product itself will be cheaper at cost. So that's where that kind of comes into play. So just be um, mindful of that whenever you are making a switch. It might be a little bit more expensive, but it truly is worth it, especially if you are someone who is trying to get pregnant or trying to balance your hormones. Because these are things that you just, again, need to be aware of to make sure you're living a healthier life. Um, so what is our next thing on our list? I believe BPA is our next one that is going to be the one that causes a bit more issues, which mm -hmm. just to remind you guys, this is what's found in other plastics, like your water bottles. This can also be found in um, food packaging, toys, those canned goods. So what are some of those issues that are coming up for BPA? Yeah, so with BPA, um, it does mimic estrogen um, and it can contribute to a couple of different things such as obesity, insulin resistance, which would be like type two diabetes, um, hypertension, cardiovascular diseases, and it has also been shown to have an effect on children's behavior by affecting the brain of infants and children, which is pretty crazy. Um, so yeah. like Brittany said, it's, yeah, it's in all of those plastics. Um, it can be like in receipts, even, you know, like plastic bags, I think of just like anything, plastic you would want to can foods you would want to try to get rid of those yeah uh we didn't even mention receipts last episode which is such a good point a lot of stores a lot of places will ask you do you want the receipt printed or emailed 
although it might be a little bit of a hassle to get it emailed, maybe because they're going to email you all the time for marketing purposes, that's one thing that you can do to reduce the BPA and the extra endocrine disruptors um, because the plastic or sorry, that paper that the receipts are printed on um, have kind of like that film or that lining as well as the ink that's in there. So just have to be careful about that. But it's really interesting um, talking about the um, effects on their brains, especially for kids, because I feel like we do see a lot of ADHD, ADD um, people, you know, whenever I was growing up, I don't know about you, Key, but I didn't know anybody. Well, I knew maybe less than a handful of people that had ADD or ADHD. Granted, it might not have been diagnosed as frequently as it is now, but I felt like that is something that has really, really increased over the last 10-ish years. So um, that correlation is is pretty strong with all of these added endocrine disruptors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. It's... um. It's really interesting. And, you know, like you've seen, too, I feel like, you know, the hormones in women changing so fast. And that's, you know, it can be another thing like our air and our water and everything is a lot dirtier than it was, you know, maybe even like five or 10 years ago. And so just doing what we can to help our body support this. And another thing I was thinking about, like whenever we were talking about the receipts, like you think of someone that works at like a grocery store every day. Or um, I always think about like hairdressers, you know, that they're around those toxins like every single day. That's their job. That's what they love to do. And I've had patients who are, you know, hairdressers or whatnot, and we work with them to find ways and we'll review some of the interventions, but to find ways to support their body um, to like get rid of these toxins because it, it does get hard and it does, it will, you know, take a toll on their gut health um, I mean, their metabolism, their stress, their mood, their sleep, all of those things that we listed earlier can be affected um, by these hormone imbalances. Yeah, that's such a good point. I mean, even just take a checklist of yourself. What are some products that you use every day that maybe that's where you start? What can you switch out, right? Mm -hmm. How can you start reducing kind of like what we were saying, once you run out of something, replace it with something better to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. So what are some other issues that um, are coming up from these endocrine disruptors that people may or may not know about? Yes. Yeah, so remember, we did talk about the PFAS, um, and those were found in like nonstick pans, different things like that, um, furniture, with that, we can see um, whenever children are exposed to high levels of this, that they may have an, a diminished immune response to vaccines. Um, I mean, I would mm -hmm. think research says to vaccines, but I would think an immune response overall, um, you know, just because it's getting in their gut, it's messing with everything, and it's probably breaking things down that you don't want broken down, so... Um, it it will have an effect on your immune health. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you think about it, we have so many more packaged food items kind of 
to that earlier point, things have changed a lot, right? Like we have a lot more processed foods, packaged foods that um, busier families, busier moms that they rely on to give their kids for food. And that's where they would be getting those endocrine disruptors from, which unfortunately harms their immune system. And then those little guys are sick. So what, what can you do? Maybe you try to outsource, try to make sure that if you're having those processed packaged foods, change where the types are, what the packaging looks like, things like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And we also see, um, you know, with these different endocrine disruptors, like we were talking about earlier, it will have an effect on metabolism. Um, so it can affect your blood sugar health. It can, you know, put you more at risk for diabetes, any kind of metabolic disorders, which could eventually turn into cardiovascular issues, you know, um, say you're having a lot of trouble losing weight, and you have no idea why and you're doing everything right. Well, is it something you know, that you're using every single day that your body can't process out and is seeing as you know, estrogen and giving you more estrogen all the time, like that kind of thing. So um, we do see that metabolism issue as well with these endocrine disruptors. Yeah. So off that, puberty, that is going to be one that is an issue as those hormones are changing with adolescents becoming teenagers, going through puberty with some of those potential exposures of things like scents or oils or fragrances and um, that can cause like the premature puberty going into early menstrual cycles or causing breast development or abnormal breast development in in girls and in boys so I know um, dairy and antibiotics were a big hot topic whenever we were younger and antibiotics being put into chicken so um you know I, I remember people talking or moms talking whenever we were much younger about well I'm not sure if that's why little Sally has her period much sooner than Miss Molly over here you know I, I think that has played a role longer than people have understood which is kind of I mean it's unfortunate, but it's cool that we're coming upon this and maybe able to make greater change so that in the future, these children aren't having as many issues. These teenagers aren't having as many issues. Moms aren't having as much um, hormonal imbalances, right? Which kind of leads us into our next one, which I'll let you explain. But what's this last issue that kind of comes up for us with these endocrine disruptors? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like we've mentioned, you know, so many times whenever we listed all of the different types of endocrine disruptors, a lot of them did affect fertility. And so it can affect, you know, reproduction, fertility, anything like that, either in a man or a woman, um, just because of the way that it can get into the cells and mimic or block certain hormones. It may decrease or increase your estrogen or testosterone, which will, you know, affect all of those other different 
areas and systems that we discussed earlier. And it can also, you know, change your your genetics in a way, which is really just like epigenetic changes. Um, the study of how your environment affects your genes. And so that's kind of what they're looking at here. Um, how these toxins get in and can basically change your genes and affect you. And so what can you do? Try to avoid all of these things and or avoid them as much as you can and do what you can and make changes where you can. And we'll go into a few ways to support and balance out your hormones. So you have some ideas for that. So let's um, dive in just a little bit about what you can do, right? Support your body first and foremost, making sure that we're getting good nutrients in, um, good quality, fresh foods when possible, organic if you can, um, sweating. We've talked about this. Go hang out in a sauna right now. It is pretty cold here. I think it's pretty cold there too. But um, if you can get outside, sweat, if you can be in a gym or in an athletic club, go sweat, find yourself a sauna that is going to help with that release of toxins. Um, something that you can do from a nutrition standpoint is making sure you're eating a lot of fiber. That fiber is really, really, really helpful in drawing out those toxins, as well as making sure that we're eating those good nutrients will help support your liver and your gut to again kind of get that get the yucky stuff out other things that we've already mentioned use glass use steel use um, ceramic whenever possible versus plastic we didn't even touch on this styrofoam or even reusable uh, paper or paper plates things like that they have linings on them um, certainly do not heat up your food in plastic or styrofoam. And then we touched on using wooden utensils instead of those plastic utensils. Yeah, I know. We I can't, I don't know how we forgot about that one. It like pains me whenever I see people putting their plastic container in the microwave or like a styrofoam plate that they're heating their lunch up on. And I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. I know I'm so proud of my mom. She um she got all new glass Tupperware for Christmas and she's like, I've been listening and I'm making a change. Oh good. So um so yeah, even someone that is much later in their years can still benefit from um making that simple change, right? Mm -hmm. So never too late to change. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And so kind of like Brittany said, um, eating more plants, um, some people would recommend less animal foods because those would have more chemicals. I would venture to say that to make sure half your plate is plant-based, you're getting those really good, you know, dark leafy greens, broccoli, cauliflower, onions, things like that, detoxifying foods, garlic, um, you're using good seasonings, um, different herbs, but, and then just making sure that if you can, you're getting your animal foods, you know, they're clean labeled, they're local maybe, or they're organic, grass fed, you know, those things will make a difference. And we do see that in, in our patients. Um, 
So doing that where you can, but of course getting your fiber because it will help to detoxify everything out. Um, vacuuming your home regularly, which is an interesting one because like we talked about some of those endocrine disruptors, they kind of like off gas and so they will gather in dust. Um, so making sure that you're cleaning But here's the catch when you're cleaning to making sure that you're cleaning with good products, you know, so not just like Clorox or bleach that kills off everything and is also an endocrine disruptor. Make sure that you're, you know, trying to use, go on one of those apps, the EWG, the Healthy Living or Think Dirty, look up your cleaning supplies and see what you're using. And, you know, it, I believe some of them even tell you like how it can affect you. So. Yeah, I know the EWG because that's the one that I use. It'll tell you um, what the risks are from using them. So that's mm -hmm. always interesting. And it's crazy. Again, we recently moved into a new place and it's a, quite a bit bigger. And we've been cleaning basically every day or running our little robot vacuum every day. And even though it's just a few of us, right? We still have so much dust that collects every day. And it's literally mind blowing that that happens, first of all. But the other thing is that it could be contributing to the endocrine disruption that could be contributing to hormone imbalances. So really eye opening, to be honest, and um, striving to continue to make better alternatives. So yeah, like we did talk about avoiding your non-cooks, um, non-stick cookware, using stainless steel, cast iron, anything like that. Brittany mentioned the R place um, pans, ceramic pans, um, anything like that that you can use and switch out, um, switching out any kind of chemical, anything that you're using in your house. And one other thing that I was just thinking of is to reduce or eliminate the use of alcohol because alcohol, believe it or not, is thought of to be an endocrine disruptor as well, like one of the biggest ones. Um, and so it's interesting, you know, just to think about that um, and see how you feel with when not using that and because it is a toxin, you know, at the end of the day. And so... Just something to throw out there. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a hard time giving up my glasses of wine on the weekend, <laughs> but I'm trying my best. Um, yeah. As, as much as I can do, right? Everything in moderation. And That's right. I share that because we are not perfect. No one is perfect. And these are things that we are working on as much as the next person that is trying to reduce these things in their life um so with that being said those were the issues that we wanted to talk about let's get to what we can do to help balance our hormones if we have been affected by some of this endocrine disruption yes so first off we can dive into a couple of different supplements that can be helpful um for balancing your hormones just overall Um, we recommend that most people take a fish oil, but of course, you know, as always with supplements, make sure you're cleared by your doctor. 
Um, additional vitamin D and vitamin B, like all of your B vitamins, will help to balance out your hormones. Generally, you'll find these in a multivitamin, and you can work with a dietitian to see if you would need, you know, more than what you're getting in your multivitamin. Um, of course, we've talked about this one on our stress podcast, but magnesium. So making sure that you're getting enough magnesium because we're likely, most of us are deficient in it and it gets used up whenever we're stressed, etc. Things like that, toxins, so be it. Um, and then of course, if you can take a probiotic daily, um, this will just help with your gut health and a lot of your hormones, you know, they circulate, some are made in the gut. So just making sure that that area stays clean, especially whenever now we know we're exposed to all of these toxins every day um, and just supporting where we can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, some of these, you're not going to notice a difference by taking them, but whenever you stop taking them, you might notice a little bit of a difference. Mm -hmm. um, I recently had a client that started taking probiotics because they were really struggling increasing um, certain foods. So we decided that we needed to reevaluate and take probiotics. It's only been a couple of weeks and they already feel a difference. Um, not saying that's always the case, but it's definitely something to consider to help with balancing your hormones, female, male alike. Um, the other thing you can do, which we both love, is exercise. So exercise can be super, super helpful. Again, that sweating aspect, first and foremost. But if you struggle with PMS, this can help reduce some of those PMS symptoms. Um, but really, the, the key here is to make sure you find something that you truly like. Whenever you're exercising, maybe you don't feel motivated, but you get to the gym and you say, well, I'm just going to commit to 20 minutes walking on the treadmill, running. Um, maybe it's a dance class. Maybe it's a Pilates class or one of those super fun spin classes with all that hype music. Um, I am a CrossFit girly through and through. We love to turn up the jam and throw down some weight. I found what works for me, but you know what? That doesn't work for everybody. Maybe you enjoy long running. Maybe you enjoy trail running, right? But all of these activities, this exercise can really benefit your hormones as well as your cardiovascular system and your energy. That's right. We love some good exercise and kind of going along with exercise because it can help with this is reducing, reducing your stress. Um, so of course we know chronic stress can exacerbate any hormonal imbalances. Um, so finding any ways that you can reduce your stress, sometimes it is through exercise, Sometimes it's through laying on the couch and doing nothing. Sometimes it's through journaling, meditation. Um, some supplements can help with that. Um, going for a walk, you know, it can be cooking a meal. It can be so many different things. But just finding what works for you and, and letting it help you because, you know, a lot of us are stressed most of the time. And so just doing what we can to support our bodies 
and deal with that appropriately. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've definitely um, noticed the stress aspect affecting my acne lately. And that's an exacerbation of some of those hormonal issues uh, imbalances. So definitely has an impact whether you feel as if you are a low stress person like myself or not. Um, the other thing that can go along with that is getting enough sleep. Some people pride themselves on, oh, I stayed up till whatever time or whatever time, or I got up at this time. I'm hearing this a lot more with clients. Oh, I go to the 5.30 a.m. class and they tell me that they don't go to bed until 10 or 11. And then you do the math, that's six or less hours of sleep. That's not sufficient. We are designed to sleep seven to eight hours or more per night to help with the regulation of our hormones, as well as the homeostasis of some of our organs. That is our time. That's our body's time, specifically our brain's time and our muscles time to recover, store memory, get our muscles repaired, things of that nature. So not getting enough sleep, that can affect those PMS symptoms before your um, menstrual cycle that can really um, cause some issues with menopause and making it a lot harder. You know, a lot of issues that come up there are hot flashes, trouble sleeping, sweating um, more frequently, cravings, food cravings. So not getting enough sleep can affect all of those things. So be mindful of that. And maybe that looks like taking a nap, right? Or on the weekends, really, really letting that mental and that physical aspect recover so that you are good for the week. Um, last thing, we kind of already touched on it and I confess but we want to reduce and eliminate alcohol the best that we can to make sure that we're continuing to support and balance our hormones. Yes. So hopefully you guys learned something. Hopefully that you have some takeaways. But if anything, you know, just notice those big common endocrine disruptors, which now you know what that means and you know what they are. You know the apps that you can go to to look it up, um, look up your products. And hey, let us know. Share with us on Instagram or the podcast or whatever what products you're using. Um, I'm trying to be better about using Instagram. Um, so maybe I'll start sharing some products that I'm using um, so we can all connect and see what we're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you like this episode, you want to hear more, shoot us a message. Also share it with someone that you think it would help. Uh, we'll continue coming out with new podcasts every other Monday. And if you want to follow us, go ahead, follow me on Instagram at Britt.Greenwood. Key, where can they follow you? They can find me at on Instagram at holisticdietitian.key. Awesome. And if you want to work with us, you can find me at healthystepsnutrition.com. You can book a free call, figure out if that would be something that would work for you. And we can get working together. And then Kristen, where can they find you? 
They can find me at Acadiana Center for Natural Health in Lafayette, Louisiana. Awesome. You guys go see her if you're local or give me a call. And we will see you next time on the Perennial Wellness Podcast. See you then.